I have to put you on to Armoire, the convenient solution to effortless, fresh, and stylish dressing. With an Armoire membership, you can curate the perfect wardrobe with high-quality, unique brands tailored specifically to your taste. Simply take a five-minute style quiz, select items from your personalized closet, then your chosen styles arrive at your doorstep in as little as two days. When it's time for a wardrobe refresh, just swap out your current pieces for new-to-you styles. I go from professional to the carpool pickup line, so I need a diverse wardrobe. With Armoire, I always have something fresh and on-trend for any occasion, without the clutter. I recently edited my wardrobe to staple pieces only because Armoire allows me to add new pieces monthly and return them just in time for me to do it all over again. And by renting, rather than constantly buying new clothes, I'm contributing to sustainability. Armoire is currently helping me through my chic era with all the high fashion and edgy options that I am loving. And the empowering aspect of supporting a women-founded and women-led business is so cool. With their personalized styling suggestions and diverse designer offerings, Armoire has helped me define and refine my personal style, even as trends evolve and my body changes. Whether it's a date night, a professional event, a formal affair, or just a trip to the grocery store, Armoire ensures that I am always dressed to impress effortlessly. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash murderish. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash murderish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. You guys, I have a brand new podcast called Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crime. There are currently three episodes for you to binge right now, and new episodes drop every Thursday. Dirty Money Moves is a wild, true story about a self-proclaimed heiress, millions of dollars that ended up in the wrong hands, and a colorful entertainment lawyer, and one of Hollywood's most infamous scandals involving pop icon Michael Jackson. I have a personal connection to this bizarre story, and now you're going to hear all about it in Dirty Money Moves Season 1. Dirty Money Moves is available in all podcast apps, so take a minute to subscribe to or follow Dirty Money Moves right now. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Murderish podcast. Sensitive topics are discussed. Listener discretion is advised. On the evening of January 4th, 2019, in San Antonio, Texas, a 911 call came in from a man saying that someone had stolen his car with his infant son inside. The man, Chris Davila, said he'd pulled into the parking lot of the Friends Food Mart on Enrique Barrera Parkway. He left the engine running on his 2014 Dodge Dart and went inside to get a bottle of water. When he came out, his vehicle and his son were gone. An all-out search was launched, and at around 7.30 p.m. that night, Davila's car was spotted about three miles from the food mart where it had been stolen. When police arrived, they discovered that the baby boy and his car seat were not in the car. The San Antonio PD put out a statement asking for the public's help to find the missing child. Eventually, Three people were arrested, and the community was shocked to learn who the suspects were. This is Jamie, and you're listening to Murderish, 
Join me as I walk you through the case involving King J. Davila. San Antonio, Texas is the seventh largest city in the U.S. The city has a significant Hispanic population and is home to four Fortune 500 companies, Valero Energy, USAA, iHeartMedia, and New Star Energy are all headquartered in San Antonio. Over 30 million tourists visit the big city each year, with many of them coming to see the Alamo. In the 1980s, crime rates in San Antonio sharply increased and the trend continued into the 90s. In 1993, there were 230 homicides and over 1,200 drive-by shootings, leading the city's police department to nickname San Antonio the drive-by city. By the 2000s, however, San Antonio began seeing a decline in crime rates. It was January 4, 2019, when 34-year-old Chris Davila drove his Dodge Dart into the Friends Food Mart parking lot. He left the engine running and went inside. When he came back outside, his car and his eight-month-old son, King J. Davila, were gone. Police were on the scene shortly after 7 p.m. Davila and other witnesses were interviewed, while other officers reviewed video footage from the store. Davila told police he went to the food mart after leaving his parents' home a little before 7 p.m. Chief of Police William McManus later verified that statement with Davila's parents, Beatrice Sampaio and Mario Davila. Davila also provided police another interesting bit of information. He said that a woman had stolen his car. Fairly quickly, law enforcement didn't think things were adding up. For starters, Davila's statement didn't match the video footage or the witness statements. Davila told officers he went inside the store to buy a bottle of water, but a witness who was interviewed said otherwise. The witness claimed to see Davila buying a soda and a lottery ticket, not water. The video footage showed that when he parked, Davila not only left the engine running, he also left the car door open when he went into the food mart. This was odd given that Davila's young son was in the back seat at the time. The video footage also revealed a woman getting into Davila's car and driving off in it while he was inside the store. According to reporting at mysanantonio.com by Jacob Beltran, Chief McManus said a woman in a gray hoodie walked past the Dodge Dart, circled the far end of the lot here, came up and went directly into the car. She hopped onto the driver's seat and took off with the baby in the car. When police confronted Davila about certain contradictions in his story, he stopped talking and refused to say anything else. At that point, Davila was arrested on charges of child abandonment and police continued efforts to find his son, King Jay. King Jay Davila was born in San Antonio, Texas on April 11, 2018. In photos of the baby boy, with his brown hair and big brown eyes, King Jay appears to be happy and healthy. At the time he went missing, his mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, was engaged to King Jay's father, Chris Davila, who was arrested after he apparently left the baby boy inside his car, with the door open, while he went into a food mart. 
On January 4th, the day that King Jay was reported missing, the San Antonio PD released a statement asking for the public's help to locate the baby boy. Chief McManus said in an interview that law enforcement had most of the incident on videotape. He also said the boy's father, who'd reported the alleged crime, was suspected of playing a role in the kidnapping. McManus gave a description of the woman who took off with King Jay in Davila's car and said police believe Davila and the woman know each other. According to Jacob Beltran's reporting at MySanAntonio.com, McManus said, We believe right now that the father knows the woman who took the baby. We believe that this was a setup, but nonetheless, we still have a missing eight-month-old. He said King Jay's mother, Jasmine Gonzalez, was distraught and asked anyone with any information to contact police. He continued saying, we're asking anyone if they know where that child is or if they have that child to call 911 and turn that baby back in to the mother. If you don't do that, then you may very well implicate yourself into this kidnapping. Despite law enforcement's suspicions, Jasmine did not believe that her fiance had anything to do with the disappearance of their son. As reported by Adam King at News4SanAntonio.com, Jasmine said, Everything they're saying that my fiancé has a part of this whole kidnapping is wrong. I was on the phone with him the entire time. Be out there. Find my son. Put an Amber Alert out. Do something. I don't see any cops out here on the west side looking for my son. Jasmine claimed that Davila picked up King Jay at his parents' house and then stopped at the food mart for cigarettes. She said, he asked if I wanted a scratch-off, and he went inside. Yeah, he made a mistake by leaving the baby inside the car. We admit that that was wrong. Jasmine then spoke about Davila first realizing the car and their child were gone. She said, he was like, fuck, the car is gone. He freaked out, and I was like, okay, hang up and call the cops. He did just that. He hung up on me, and at that time, I called the cops too. They said they already sent two policemen there, and then all of a sudden, they started accusing him. On January 5th, a news release indicated that the FBI was now assisting in the missing baby case. According to Chief McManus's statement, they were working on the case without pay due to a government shutdown. McManus reiterated that police were concentrating their efforts on Chris Davila and that he'd been charged with child endangerment. The police chief then showed part of the video that captured an unknown woman driving off in Davila's car. As reported by Chris Quinn at MySanAntonio.com, while playing the video, McManus said of the woman, as you can see from her walking up, there is no hesitation, no looking around, no wondering if she's going to get in this car or not. She knows where she's going and what she's doing. Police also got their hands on still images that proved helpful to the investigation. The same day they released video footage of the alleged car theft and kidnapping, police released still images of a woman carrying a car seat close to where Davila's car was found abandoned. Chief McManus said they didn't know if King Jay was in the car seat because there was a blanket over it. The still images match the description of the woman who drove off from the food mart the night before in Davila's car. The woman appeared to be white or Hispanic, probably in her late 20s or 30s, wearing a gray hoodie and light-colored pants. 
McManus said that police had been following up on leads, but so far, nobody, including King Jay's family members, were able to identify the woman. Not only were police outspoken about Davila being the prime suspect in the case, they also claimed that Davila and his family were not cooperating with the investigation. Chief McManus went on to say that Davila and Jasmine were estranged, a claim that Jasmine vehemently denied. Jasmine said McManus's statements were ridiculous, that she and Davila were engaged, and that the family began searching for King Jay as soon as they heard about the disappearance. She said police spoke with her and other members of her family, and everyone cooperated. Jasmine claimed that she and several family members went to the police station and answered all of the questions they asked. Her take on the situation was that law enforcement had targeted Chris for unknown reasons and that he had nothing to do with their son's disappearance. According to reporting by Dylan McGinnis at MySanAntonio.com, Jasmine said, They need to stop fucking putting some blame on someone that's innocent and worry about finding my baby. That's what they need to do. I'm assuming they couldn't do their job, so now the FBI is stepping in. Davila's sister, Christina Gonzalez, agreed, saying that Davila loves his children and that the police were targeting her brother. According to Jaffany Gray's reporting at KSAT.com, Jasmine went on to explain what a great father Chris was, saying he is so overprotective of all of his kids. We have 10 kids altogether, and I have never been with someone who loves their kids so badly. He misses them whenever he is not near them. He wants to be there always. We just bought our kids phones because he wants to have contact with them all the time. He is beyond a loving father. Amidst her anger regarding how police were allegedly targeting Chris, Jasmine and her family gathered as many people as they could to try to find King Jay, as she didn't think police were doing enough to find her baby boy. As reported by Jaffany Gray, Jasmine said, You're saying there's cops out there and helicopters. I've been out there with my family trying to find out where my son is at. We have been going underneath ditches and there's nothing. I don't see no cops at all. During the family's search for King Jay, someone found a baby bottle in Rodriguez Park near the location where Davila's car had been found abandoned. Jasmine said she believed the bottle belonged to her son. The find was immediately reported to police, who began a search of the park and called in a dive team to search Leon Creek. Reports were published online stating that a body had been found in the park but Chief McManus shot down those claims during a press briefing on another case. McManus said that a body had not been found, but that police are searching the area diligently. On Sunday, January 6th, Chris Davila was released on bond and according to Jasmine, he was taking part in the search for their son. The following day, there was a major break in the case. Chief McManus said police had identified the woman who'd taken Davila's car from the food mart the previous Friday. As it turned out, the woman was a member of Davila's family. The woman, Angie Torres, was Davila's cousin, and she'd been arrested on an unrelated charge. 45-year-old Torres was arrested at a Dollar General store after an employee saw her put a package of razors in her purse. When the employee confronted her, Torres said the razors were hers, and then she assaulted the employee, who called 911. Torres fled with two other people, but
but the employee she'd assaulted gave a description of the vehicle to police, who caught up with Torres and the other two people shortly after the incident. Chief McManus provided another surprising update to the public. He said law enforcement believed that King Jay was not in the vehicle when it was driven away from the food mart, and the entire event was staged. Efforts to find King Jay continued, and police dogs were brought in to search the home of Chris Davila's parents, where he said he stopped before going to the food mart with his son. The next day, January 8th, police also conducted a search of Davila and Jasmine's home. The following day, Angie Torres was still being held in the Bexar County Jail when three inmates assaulted her in the bathroom. She was taken to protective custody, and the inmates who assaulted her were put on lockdown. The Bexar County Sheriff's Office declined to provide any information on the incident or on Torres's condition. On January 10th, Chief McManus was ready to publicly announce another major update in the case. He said that law enforcement had arrested three people for their suspected involvement in King Jay's case. Chris Davila, Angie Torres, and Beatrice Sampaio, Davila's mother, were all arrested and charged with tampering with evidence. As reported by Adrian Garcia at KSAT.com, McManus said, We charged Davila, Sampaio, and Torres with tampering with evidence because we believe they participated in staging the kidnapping to hide King Jay's body so we couldn't find it to determine what happened to him. McManus also said they believed King Jay was no longer alive. The three arrests happened after Davila's cousin, Angie Torres, contacted police from jail, asking if she could talk to them. She then confessed to being part of the fake kidnapping of King Jay. Although police were making quick progress in the case, they still had not located King Jay. With every hour that passed, hope of finding the baby boy alive dwindled. According to her Facebook, Angie Torres attended John F. Kennedy High School and studied at San Antonio College. She'd run into trouble with the law during the 1990s when she was arrested five times in Bexar County. Her criminal history includes convictions for burglary, resisting arrest, and theft between $200 and $750. She received probation in all three cases. According to online records, Torres was charged with shoplifting, resisting arrest, and burglary in 1992. In 2000, she was charged with possession of a controlled substance. During her confession, Torres walked police through what allegedly happened leading up to and on the day King Jay went missing. Torres told police that Davila's mother, Beatrice Sampaio, drove her near the food mart on January 4th and dropped her off so that she could take Davila's vehicle from the parking lot which would allow him to claim that his car, with King Jay in the back seat, had been stolen. Torres told police where she and Sampaio had gotten rid of King Jay's car seat and said Sampaio told her that Davila had badly injured King Jay. Torres said Davila's mother then picked her up at Rodriguez Park, where she left Davila's car. Police found video evidence showing Torres and Sampaio driving to a donation collection shed where Sampaio got out of the car and dropped the car seat off. Footage also showed the two women driving away and then returning to the collection shed where they picked the car seat back up, put it in the car, and then drove away a second time. 
police were able to recover the car seat a few blocks away from the donation shed. With Davila, Torres, and Sampaio in custody, Chief McManus stated that Jasmine Gonzalez was also being investigated, but it was not yet clear if she was involved. For certain missing persons cases, an Amber Alert will be issued to aid in the search, but each state has its own criteria for issuing an Amber Alert. In Texas, among other criteria, a child must be in immediate danger. A preliminary investigation must have verified that the child was abducted and no other reason could be possible for the disappearance, and sufficient information must be available to be released to help locate the child, any suspects, or a vehicle used in the abduction. Unfortunately, King Jay's case did not fully meet the proper criteria, so police were prevented from issuing an Amber Alert for his disappearance. They did, however, enter King Jay into both state and national databases for missing children. They also printed and distributed flyers and notified other law enforcement agencies to be on alert. Meanwhile, a group of local citizens started a Facebook group called Where is King J. Davila? Page admins posted regular updates and information from the police and media on the Facebook page. A local San Antonio church announced that they would be holding a prayer service and vigil for King J. on January 11th from 6 to 9 p.m. Last Chance Ministries pastor Jimmy Robles hoped the gathering would bring attention to the missing baby case and also provide hope for King Jay's safe return. On the morning of the day the vigil was scheduled, Chief McManus made another announcement, ending all hope of King Jay being found safe. McManus announced that King Jay's body had been found. Between work and momming so hard, I always struggle to eat healthy because I don't have time to make healthy meals. With Daily Harvest, my freezer is stocked with nourishing harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, and lattes made with organic fruits and veggies. Daily Harvest delivers the food right to my doorstep, and I just pull them out of the freezer right before I head out the door. Here's what I really love about Daily Harvest. Their strawberry peach smoothie tastes like an indulgent dessert, but it's actually a delicious meal packed with nourishing ingredients. It's so hard to stay on track with a healthy diet throughout the week. Being able to just grab a nutrient-packed meal right out of my freezer when I'm feeling tempted to order out is such a game changer for me and my diet. Daily Harvest supports farmers who invest in practices that are good for our planet, and they deliver food in recyclable and composting packaging. So, healthy food and healthy planet. Avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com murderish to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com murderish for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com murderish. Every second of your day counts, especially if you're running a small business. But there are hacks to save you time and money, like Stamps.com. Quit using your precious time to drive to the post office and stand in line. Stamps.com makes your life so much easier. Millions of businesses are using Stamps.com to print official postage and ship packages right from their home office. All you need is a regular printer and a computer, nothing fancy. And with your Stamps.com account, you'll get discounts 
like 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. You will not find those deep discounts anywhere else. I've been shipping Patreon packages to murderish listeners with my Stamps.com account, and I've saved countless hours doing it, not to mention the money I've saved. Stamps.com works really well with Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more. So you can run your small business like the efficient, time-saving money machine you are. Whether you're shipping products from your Etsy shop or a warehouse shipping a bunch of orders each day, Stamps.com can handle it no problem. Stop wasting time and start saving money when you use Stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with promo code MURDERISH for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code MURDERISH. We're all crunched for time. You've heard me talk about this so many times. And if you're like me, you crave learning new skills, but don't really have the time to sit down in a traditional classroom setting to learn. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anywhere and at your own pace. For example, if you're into singing, you can learn from none other than Mariah Carey. In her masterclass, Mariah Carey takes you inside her studio to show you how she uses her voice to create, collaborate, and express a vision. Personally, I currently have my eye on Donna Farhi's Yoga Foundations masterclass. Donna is one of the most sought-after yoga instructors in the world, and I can learn from her right in my own home and on my own time. Whether you want to learn about topics related to food, music, design and style, wellness or home and lifestyle, Masterclass has a course for you. And if you've got a road trip coming up, you can even take a Masterclass from your car in the new audio-only mode. I highly recommend you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass, and as a Murderish listener, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com murderish now. That's masterclass.com slash murderish for 15% off Masterclass. Though January 11th was a cold and rainy night, it didn't deter the 300-plus people who attended King Jay's vigil at Monterey Park. By this time, everyone was aware that the baby's body had been found. What was supposed to be a prayer vigil for King Jay's safe return turned into a gathering to mourn the baby boy and comfort one another over the devastating loss. Family members wore blue shirts to show support for law enforcement, thanking them for staying on the case. As reported by Devin Clark at KSAT.com, King Jay's cousin, Adriana Gomez, said, I want to thank them for their efforts, as well as the community for loving baby King since the beginning of all of this. After receiving the tragic news that King Jay's body had been found, Pastor Robles announced that Castle Ridge Funeral Home had offered to provide a funeral for King Jay free of charge, and a local nonprofit group, Any Baby Can, said they would pay for his burial site. After word spread of King Jay's death, fake sites began popping up online asking for money to help with funeral arrangements for the baby boy. A San Antonio TV station found a site asking people for $10,000 to cover burial costs for the baby boy, even though Castle Ridge Funeral Home had already offered to cover the cost. A GoFundMe spokesperson said in an interview that they were looking into any GoFundMe sites that mentioned King Jay 
in order to identify any that were fake. Residents mourning King Jay's death began leaving flowers, stuffed toys, and balloons at the site where his body was recovered. The Eagles Flight Advocacy Center, a local agency, held a balloon release at the site to honor King Jay. Jessica Perez, the owner of J&J Graphics, said people on Facebook were asking about getting t-shirts with King Jay's likeness. Perez then began designing t-shirts for people with King Jay's face on them at no charge. She only asked that her materials costs be covered. It was her way of giving back to the community. On February 2nd, a memorial service was held for King Jay at the Christian World Worship Center in San Antonio. The service was open to the public and was followed by a flower planting at the site where his body was found. After the service, four doves were released, one to represent King Jay and the other three to represent the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to accompany King Jay up to heaven. The first dove released for King Jay flew up to the overpass above where his body was found. The dove perched there while family and the rest of the visitors took in the symbolic moment. On the morning that Chief McManus announced that King Jay's body had been found, he indicated that the investigation was far from over. According to Nia Wesley at kens5.com, McManus said, let me stress that this is not the finish line. In fact, the hard part of the investigation is just beginning. The investigation won't be finished until we can figure out how exactly King Jay died, who knew it, and when they knew it. Following his second arrest, Chris Davila confessed to his part in the crime. He told police that King Jay was dead, and then he led them to the baby's body. King Jay was found buried under a bridge next to a dead-end street, less than a mile from where he lived with his parents, Chris and Jasmine. King Jay had been wrapped in a towel and placed inside of a backpack. Davila explained to police that he was playing video games in his bedroom. He said King Jay was in his car seat, which was unbuckled, and sitting on the bed. Davila said that when he sat down on the bed, the car seat tipped over and King Jay fell to the floor, face first, possibly hitting a dresser before reaching the floor. He said he noticed a large bump over his son's eye, but said he was afraid to call 911 for help. He said that when he checked on King Jay a few hours later, he was dead. Davila said he wrapped his son in a towel, put him in the backpack, and then buried him under a nearby bridge. 34-year-old Chris Davila was no stranger to crime. He had gang ties along with a criminal background dating back to 1996 when he was a juvenile. Prosecutor Samantha DeMaio stated during a bail reduction hearing that Davila had stolen a computer from school in 1998 and later tried to burn the school down. Bexar County court records show Davila had been arrested for drug charges six times between 2008 and 2009 and was charged with unauthorized use of a vehicle and aggravated robbery in 2009. He'd also been a no-show for court hearings in the past and had been arrested for charges while out on bond before. In 2013, Davila was taken into custody and jailed for owing more than $25,000 in child support to the mothers of his oldest sons. At the time he was arrested in connection with King Jay's death, Davila had active outstanding warrants for failure to pay child support and his employer had been required to withhold part of his salary to cover back child support. 
Davila had five children from previous relationships, and Jasmine Gonzalez also had four children of her own, along with King Jay, whom Davila and Jasmine had together. Or so people thought. The couple had 10 children total. Jasmine was also pregnant with Davila's child during his court hearing for King Jay's case. Following King Jay's death, Jasmine's four surviving children had been placed with her parents by CPS. After Davila confessed his role in the crime, Bexar County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez announced that Davila was also being charged with causing bodily injury to a child by omission, felony possession of a firearm, and possession with the intent to deliver a controlled substance, methamphetamine. The firearm and controlled substance charges were related to a separate incident Davila was charged with while he was out on bail. He'd been found to have a firearm and methamphetamine in his car. Davila's bond was set at $1.25 million. Beatrice Sampaio, Davila's mother, apparently did not fare well in jail. While she was in the jail infirmary due to medical conditions, a female inmate allegedly spat on Beatrice while she was being escorted from her cell. Inmates apparently wanted to send a message to her and Angie Torres that anyone who takes part in a crime involving a child victim would not be tolerated. On February 8th, Beatrice Sampaio appeared in court for a bail reduction hearing. The prosecutor, Samantha DeMaio, pleaded with Magistrate Judge Andrew Carruthers, saying that Sampaio was dangerous and was also greatly exaggerating her medical conditions. DeMaio introduced video evidence to show that Sampaio was not, as she claimed, dying from cancer, and that the incident with King Jay was not the first time she had lied to cover up a crime for her son. Sampaio's public defender, Melissa Lesniak, told the court that her client was suffering from both ovarian and bone cancer and had been in hospice before her arrest, and that she was not a flight risk. Sampaio had arrived at court in a wheelchair. Lesniak also had a social worker testify that Sampaio had been accepted into hospice care at Trinity Hospice San Antonio in June of 2018 after her cancer was diagnosed as terminal. When DeMaio asked the social worker if she would be surprised that Sampaio had been driving and doing grocery shopping since that diagnosis, he said he would be. DeMaio showed videos to the court showing Sampaio going to a convenience store, getting gas, and buying groceries. She also displayed video of Sampaio driving King Jay's car seat to the donation shed, opening the door and taking out the car seat, and then returning and picking the car seat back up. She did all of this without any assistance, which DeMaio said showed Sampaio is not as sick as she claims. Lesniak countered saying that the footage merely shows that her client is mobile. DeMaio told the court that Sampaio was arrested in 1998 for trying to sell a computer that Davila had stolen from his school. Davila then tried to set fire to the school, and Sampaio lied to give her son an alibi. Davila was convicted of arson in 1999 and sent to a juvenile facility. The charges against Sampaio were dropped. Lesniak said that Davila's mother had no criminal record after that and that her health had continued to deteriorate. Judge Carruthers ended up reducing Sampaio's bail to $50,000 and required her to get drug and alcohol testing while she was out. She was then released on bond. 
On February 18th, the San Antonio Express News published an article disclosing a letter that Chris Davila wrote to the newspaper about the death of his son. The newspaper publication believed the letter to be genuine, saying the handwriting was similar to Davila's handwriting from court records, and they believe it was in fact written by him. In the letter, Davila explained that on the night of his son's death, he was having problems with his back, so he left King Jay on the bed in his car seat, unbuckled. He went into the garage to smoke some marijuana to help with his back. When he went back inside, he laid down on his bed to sleep and pulled on his blanket, which caused the car seat to fall off onto the floor. He said he got up immediately, but King Jay was already dead. According to Emily Eaton's reporting at ExpressNews.com, Davila wrote in his letter, I just hugged my son crying, not thinking straight at all. All I was thinking was I lost one son and I was going to lose all my other sons. Davila went on to write in the letter that he should not have left King Jay unsupervised, but insisted his death was an accident. He also said that the drugs police found on him when he was arrested belonged to his mother, that she takes them for the pain her cancer causes. He said his attorney, Anton Paul Hajek III, did not want him to share any other details. Davila wrote that both he and Jasmine work hard to support their children and that he spends time with his other children, who live primarily with their mothers. Though it seemed like Davila's letter was an attempt to purge himself of the guilt he felt over King Jay's death, the details of the letter were different from what Davila had told police during his confession. Davila told police that he was playing video games in his bedroom when the car seat fell over. He said King Jay was awake and that he tried to keep him from falling asleep. According to Davila's initial statement, he checked on King Jay a few hours later, and that's when he found his son dead. On February 1st, the office of Randall E. Frost, the Bexar County Medical Examiner, announced that King Jay's cause of death was blunt force trauma and his death was listed as a homicide. As Davila's trial approached, the prosecution believed they had a strong case based on numerous factors, including Davila's confession and all the damning video footage. There was also a witness who told police he was at the home of Davila's parents on January 4th before the kidnapping when he saw what he thought was a baby in Davila's vehicle. The witness said he saw Davila and his mother, Beatrice, talking and crying together. The witness said he walked up to the car to try to see the baby, but Davila yelled at him and told him to leave. The witness also claimed to see Angie Torres with a shocked look on her face when she stuck her head inside the car and looked at the car seat. The witness also said he heard Beatrice speaking to someone on the phone and that she said something about King Jay falling and hurting himself. The implication, according to this witness, was that Davila arrived at his parents' house with a deceased King Jay in the car and that's when the fake kidnapping was planned. The prosecution had another witness who was prepared to testify that he heard a baby crying in Davila's apartment on the evening of January 3rd, the day before the baby went missing. Davila had previously told police that King Jay had been at his parents' house since December 31st. The witness said he saw Davila carrying a car seat to his car the next morning. 
perhaps the most damning evidence the prosecution had were the statements made by Davila's cousin, Angie Torres, when she confessed her involvement in the crime and implicated Chris Davila and his mother, Beatrice Sampaio, as well. By March 12th, Davila was being represented by a private attorney, Robert Behrens, whom his family had hired for him. Davila had been charged by a Bexar County grand jury on four charges, injury to a child causing severe bodily injury, tampering with evidence by the concealment of a corpse, possession of a controlled substance, and being a felon in possession of a firearm. The indictment for causing severe bodily injury alleged that Davila either hit King Jay with or against an object or hit him in some other manner and then caused his death by failing to get medical help for him. He was not indicted on the original charge of child endangerment. Also absent was a murder charge. The public expressed outrage after learning that none of the three defendants were charged with murder. All right, you guys have heard me complain so many times about the lack of time I have each day. Well, here's another life hack for that. With Factor, you can get clean and fresh, already prepared meals delivered to you. I've been eating Factor meals for lunch and dinner recently, and I've been so impressed with how good they are. My picky eight-year-old daughter even had one for lunch last weekend, and she loved it. Factor has options like Calorie Smart, keto, vegan veggie, and more, so there are meals for a variety of diets. The queso fundido with cilantro cauliflower rice has become my go-to when I'm in a time crunch during mealtime. And guess what? You don't even need to prepare or cook your factor meals. Just pop them in the microwave for a couple of minutes and they're ready to enjoy. See what I mean? For busy people, this is a game changer. Think of how many fast food runs you'll avoid when you start getting factor meals. And they even offer energy bites, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, and other fun options. Head to go.factor75.com slash murderish120 and use code murderish120 to get $120 off. That's code murderish120 at go.factor75.com slash murderish120 for $120 off. Well, I did it again. I wore my Rothy's to another all-day event, and per usual, my feet thanked me for it at the end of the night. Oh, you haven't heard? You can actually wear on-trend shoes that top off a killer outfit without sacrificing comfort. Rothy's is known for their chic, pointed-toe flats that are sure to get you a handful of compliments by the end of the day. But Rothy's isn't a one-trick pony. They also have other head-turning designs in really cool and bold colors. My Rothy's flats are a forest green color with a lavender and white stripe on the back. They are killer. I've paired my Rothy's flats with ripped straight leg jeans and a band t-shirt, and also with a cute midi skirt and leather jacket. For all of you professionals out there, Rothy's are perfect for the office and you don't even have to change into flip-flops or tennis shoes when you walk to lunch because wearing Rothy's feels like a massage for your feet all day long. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com murderish. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash murderish for $20 off your first order. 
Hair care products are not one size fits all, and Pros knows this better than anyone. My hair tends to lay pretty flat and I struggle to have volume and body, but my personalized Pros shampoo and conditioner tackles these issues for me, and my hair looks and feels more bouncy and full of life. Here's how Pros works. First, you take an insightful quiz that asks you questions like your zip code, your workout routine, your age range, and more in order to create a customized hair routine that will suit your specific needs. I was surprised when the pros quiz asked if hair loss was genetic in my family because I'd never thought of that before. After you take the quiz, pros determines a unique blend of ingredients that will be in your hair care products to address your needs. I'm loving my Pro's Dry Shampoo. I think I told you guys about this before. It keeps my hair from getting too oily in between washes, and I always get such a great lift near my roots when I apply it to my hair. And don't worry, Pro's uses sustainably sourced ingredients, and they're cruelty-free. Pro's is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com murderish. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash murderish for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Barron's filed motions requesting that Davila's $1.25 million bail be reduced, arguing that the amount set by Judge Carothers violated Davila's 8th and 14th Amendment rights against cruel and unusual punishment and the right to due process. At a bail hearing the following month, Prosecutor Samantha DeMaio told Judge Carothers that Davila's bail should not be reduced because he would be a danger to the community if released, citing his vast criminal history. Robert Behrens, Davila's attorney, said that his client was no longer a gang member and had not been arrested in almost a decade. King's Angels, the nonprofit organization created after King Jay's death to help families with missing children, had created a petition on Change.org protesting a reduction in Davila's bail. Carothers ultimately agreed with the prosecution and declined to reduce Davila's bail, keeping it at $1.25 million. As publicity of King Jay's death began to grow, Martin Gonzalez III, an inmate at a prison in Texas, said that he was the estranged husband of Jasmine Gonzalez and that he was also King Jay's biological father. Gonzalez said that he and Jasmine also had two older children together and that he had just been made aware of his youngest son's death. Gonzalez had gone to prison before King Jay was born and didn't even know the name of his infant son. Gonzalez claimed he found out about King Jay's death after he received a letter in prison from the San Antonio Express News asking about his relationship with Jasmine. He then told another inmate about the letter. That inmate told his wife, who sent him an article about King Jay's death, which the inmate gave to Gonzalez. In addition to being in the dark about his infant son, Gonzalez also found out that Jasmine had tried to divorce him and name Chris Davila as King Jay's father. He said he didn't remember signing any divorce documents. An investigation later showed that the divorce documents Jasmine obtained and had signed in 2018 had a notarized stamp from a notary who had died in May of 2017, which would make the documents invalid. The notary's widow said that she was told in April of 2018 that her husband's notary stamp and seal went missing from his employer. 
Upon examination of the documents, the signatures did not match those of Martin Gonzalez III. At a bail hearing for Chris Davila on April 11th, on what would have been King Jay's first birthday, Jasmine Gonzalez, nine months pregnant with Davila's child, admitted on the stand that Davila was not the biological father of King Jay. As King Jay's case made its way through the court system, in July of 2019, the King's Angels organization secured a local artist to paint a mural of King Jay off Interstate 10 on a building donated by Builders Decor. The artist, Colton Valentine, was honored to paint the mural in King Jay's memory. King's Angels turned out to be a very outspoken group on matters relating to the baby boy. The group planned a rally outside the courthouse on August 6th, and they expressed anger after learning that none of the three defendants were being charged with murder, even though the medical examiner determined King Jay's cause of death to be a homicide. According to reporting by Jalisa Irizarry at Kens5.com, Jasmine McGill of King's Angels said, It's very frustrating. The DA had mentioned in an interview not too long ago that he was even looking at capital murder charges, and we want to know what happened. Bexar County District Attorney Joe Gonzalez issued a statement to address the public's outrage over the lack of a murder charge. According to the same reporting, Gonzalez said, We have charged all the people where evidence supports a charge related to the death of baby King J. Davila and concealing evidence of the crime. During the first day of Chris Davila's trial on October 22, 2019, an announcement was made that Davila had requested a plea deal. Judge Kevin O'Connell agreed to postpone the trial to allow both sides time to discuss a plea, but warned that if the two sides could not agree to a deal, the trial would be rescheduled for February. When word got out that a plea deal was in the works, members of the community were once again outraged. According to reporting by Mariah Medina at Kens5.com, a Facebook post from King's Angels founder Jasmine McGill referring to D.A. Gonzalez stated, Remind him that we the people elected him and we expect him to do his job. We are San Antonio and we don't settle for the murder of children. Other groups on social media asked followers to contact the Bexar County D.A.'s office to protest the potential plea deal. District Attorney Gonzalez tried to reassure the community that any plea deal would be approved by King Jay's family. According to Mariah Medina's reporting, Gonzalez said, I will tell those concerned about that not to worry because we're not ever going to do anything without checking with the family and making sure that this is the right step and that this will involve bringing justice to the victim in this case. He also pointed out that plea bargains are very common in criminal cases and that his office alone handles over 50,000 criminal cases each year, which would overwhelm the court system if the vast majority were not settled by plea bargains. Gonzalez also said that plea bargains can work to the advantage of the prosecution, ensuring that defendants get some prison time instead of going free. Gonzalez indicated that absent a plea deal, they run the risk of Davila being found not guilty and living his life a free man. The DA also mentioned that the judge has to approve any plea deal worked out between the two sides. On February 18, 2020, it was announced that Davila's defense team had rejected a plea offer from the prosecution, which would sentence him to 50 years in prison. 
According to reporting at KSAT.com, Robert Barron's Davila's attorney responded to the plea offer saying, in an offense like injury to a child, he would have to serve one half of whatever sentence he might receive. So if he got 50 years, he would have to serve 25 years just to be eligible for parole. That doesn't mean he will get parole. After rejecting the plea deal, it appeared that Davila was headed for trial. In March of 2020, however, Bexar County jury trials were suspended until further notice due to the COVID-19 pandemic. By June of 2021, however, the prosecution had presented Davila with a second plea deal, and this time he accepted it. On June 29, 2021, Davila was sentenced to 40 years in prison under the terms of the new plea deal. He pleaded no contest, meaning he neither admitted guilt nor claimed innocence, only that there was enough evidence to find him guilty. Davila is required to serve at least 20 years before he can be eligible for parole, making his earliest possible parole date in 2039. During the hearing, Judge O'Connell asked Davila if he had any questions, to which Davila said he did not. Then, Robert Behrens, Davila's attorney, made an out-of-the-ordinary request. As reported by Aaron Rodriguez at kens5.com, Behrens said to the judge, earlier, I wanted to make a request, might be considered unusual, and that was for the court to consider finding him not guilty. There is no evidence of any kind other than that Mr. Davila stated in his interview as to how it happened, which in his mind, in his interview, he stated was an accident. Judge O'Connell overruled the surprising request. Chris Davila is incarcerated at the William G. McConnell Unit Correctional Center in Beeville, Texas. His sentence will end on January 10, 2059. But the first date he will be eligible for parole is January 10th, 2039. The same grand jury that indicted Chris Davila also indicted Angie Torres and Beatrice Sampaio for King Jay's death. Both women were indicted on charges of tampering with evidence for knowingly concealing King Jay's car seat after he was reported missing and knowing that police were investigating his disappearance. Given that the charges for Torres and Sampaio are third-degree felonies, each of them could face two to ten years in prison. In addition, Angie Torres was indicted for stealing razors at a convenience store and attacking the store employee. Having a prior criminal record, her charge was enhanced to aggravated robbery. A hearing was scheduled for Beatrice Sampaio and Angie Torres on June 3rd. While waiting outside in the hallway, Beatrice's niece, Elizabeth Sampaio, who attended the hearing to support Angie, told reporters that her aunt, Beatrice, was the mastermind of the fake kidnapping scheme. She said when she was a child, Beatrice would babysit her and her cousins, and that they would be given tranquilizers to make them sleep so her aunt could get housework done. She said she believed that Torres was pressured by Beatrice to help. As reported by Jaslisa Irizarry at kens5.com, Elizabeth said, If you think about it logically, Angie had nothing to gain from helping in this crime. Chris did. It was his son. Beatrice did. It was her son. But Angie didn't. She was in the wrong place at the wrong time, in the wrong state of mind, to be honest. Elizabeth also didn't believe Beatrice was as sick as she claimed. According to reporting by Elizabeth Zavala at MySanAntonio.com, 
Elizabeth said, Beatrice has been sick since before I was born. I'm 38 years old. She's been dying all my life. After the hearing, Beatrice Sampaio left in her wheelchair without making any comment. About a week later, Angie Torres appeared for her bond reduction hearing and had her bond reduced to $75,000, although she remained in jail because she was not able to raise that amount of money. Trials for Sampaio and Torres were scheduled for August 12, 2021, but had to be postponed until Davila's trial was over. But Angie Torres would not end up facing trial. In October of 2021, Torres was sentenced to eight years in prison after agreeing to a plea deal. She'll be eligible for parole in 2024. Beatrice Sampaio's trial was scheduled to begin on November 15th, but was moved to January of the following year. Due to COVID-19, her trial has now been rescheduled to April 25th, 2022. They say blood is thicker than water, and sometimes that bond leads families to help each other, even if it means committing a heinous crime. In this case, three family members conspired to cover up another family member's death. Because at the time of King Jay's death, the three defendants all believed that Chris Davila was the baby's father. Though King Jay only spent eight months on this earth, an entire community and beyond will never forget the baby boy who will forever live in their hearts. You guys, remember to subscribe to or follow my new podcast, Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crime, in your favorite podcast app. I appreciate you so much for joining me on this episode of Murderish. If you've binged every episode and don't want to wait for the next one to drop, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. As soon as you sign up for Patreon, you get immediate access to a bunch of ad-free episodes that aren't available on the free version of the podcast. To become a Murderish Patreon supporter, visit Murderish.com and click the link to go behind the scenes, or just go to Patreon.com and search for Murderish there. I want to say a big thank you to Dana, Bertain B, and Catherine Y for becoming Patreon supporters. I appreciate you guys so much. If you enjoy Murderish, there are so many ways to support the show. Tell your friends about the podcast or leave the show a positive rating and review in any podcast app. This helps other people find the show easier. You can also wear a Murderish t-shirt the next time you're out and about. And trust me, it's a great conversation starter. Check out Murderish.com for a link to buy t-shirts, bags, coffee mugs, and so much more. Also, follow Murderish on Instagram and TikTok at Murderish Podcast. You can also find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Murderish sound design and audio editing is by Justin Hellstrom. Some of the music was composed by Nico of We Talk of Dreams. This episode was researched and written by Steve Field. For a list of sources used for this episode, visit Murderish.com. As always, Ishers, thank you for joining me on another episode of Murderish. And remember, listening to this podcast does not make you a murderer. It just means you're murder-ish.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.